you are about to enter a great adventure. Hey guys, great to see everybody again. We are back with another new episode of Strutting from Gorilla. Alongside Mikey Cash, myself, is Big Vito. How uh, things going, Vito? What's happening? We're on the uh, we're on the road to the holiday gauntlet. I am excited. I'm ready to rock, Mikey Cash. We're talking about the icon Sting today. It's Sting. You know, I'm really glad you did that because I would have made I would have butchered the hell out of that if I did it. <laughs> I was trying to debate how loud I was going to make this thing. So I'm sorry to our listeners. No, you're you're good. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I think this episode obviously he has a lot going on right now, right? He came back to AEW and and now he announced his uh, retirement match. Which all of these retirement matches, um, I I just it, it's like a quick hit, right? I feel like it's not really a retirement match, but. Mm -hmm. He's been doing it for so long. We thought it would be a great opportunity to talk about his career. And, you know, as as we did some research for this, Mikey, I, I learned a lot more than I had thought. And um, you know yeah. who's you know who's probably not gonna be happy about this episode? Hmm. Who would that be? A gentleman by the name of Big Mango. I know he was not a Sting fan. Um, in fact, he felt he was very overrated but you know going back in his career and everyone will hear about it here i i think he he has a spot in the upper echelon of wrestling uh icons uh, do you agree or disagree you know i have to say that i agree with you now after doing all of this research which for me, I wasn't someone who was very familiar with Sting. Like I knew, obviously, I knew who Sting was, but I wasn't watching. I wasn't a staunch WCW guy, so I didn't see a lot of his stuff. I would read about it. I would see clips of it here and there. But honestly, this preparing for this podcast was actually really educational for me. So I have to say that I kind of finally understand what the hype was about with Sting. So I, uh, I'm all for it. I'm a, he's, he's up there. Yeah. I think the big thing for me is, you know, when they had the WCW, the Monday night wars, right. Mm -hmm. I think I kind of got into WCW right around the time where sting had the black and um, the crow theme basically. Mm -hmm. And it was something unique. And it, I, I'm not going to tell you, I sat there and watched all his matches or knew everything about him or, or whatever. But I can tell you that it got me interested. Um, and and I didn't know much about the guy. And like to be quite frank, he's kept he's morphed a little bit as we'll talk about throughout the episode, yeah. which is great. Um, but I, I don't know, I was never like this crazy sting fan. But as we got older and he continued to be in wrestling, you always had that respect for him, I guess you would say, because you knew he was he was a, a name and he's been doing it for a long time and he was well, well respected. Yeah. He's a stalwart is really the best way to put it. He's, he's just the constant. He was there for 
I think the better part of really five decades altogether was at the the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s, five, five yeah. times, five times. But it that's unreal. Yeah, it it really is. Um, so you know, let's let's kind of. I think what we'll do is um, kind of go through his career a little bit. Then, as we go through it, kind of give our opinions on certain things that stick out, and maybe give some some rack uh, rack recommendations, some match. <laughs> Recommendations. recommendations baby yeah yeah well we're, we're starting off strong um so i mean ultimately he started in um the uwf right and i didn't know this at the time but he tagged with the ultimate warrior yeah they were the blade runners oh yeah i did know that i did know that um that's an interesting combo. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because at that time, Blade Runner was a thing because it was in the late 80s, right? Yeah, it's like, it's spot on. It's spot on for the time that those guys were tag teaming together. I think I, I remember watching something on WWE Network at the time. It was when Sting was there in WWE yeah. and they did some highlight package. It was like a some sort of thing. You know how they usually do it. Some sort of yeah. They did their own superstar spotlight, basically. <laughs> right? They were just copying us. But... They, they were talking about his career, and he talks about that time teaming with Warriors very early on in his career, and how it sounded like even then, Warrior was sort of up to the shenanigans that we always knew him to be up to. Yeah. So, you know, I think Sting sounded like he tried to make the best of it. Uh, I, I think that's that, that kind of bring, brings one thing I just want to touch on, is like on an overarching theme in a lot of the different eras we're going to talk about of Sting and the different opponents he had is how well respected this guy is. He's just one of those all-time nice guys in wrestling, which you don't, unfortunately, you don't see a lot of when it comes yeah. to the guys from his era. So I think it's it's just noteworthy to put out there that a lot of people still speak about him in very high regard. It's very, I, I don't think I've found any negative stories about Sting. And I think you can find that about a lot of people if you look hard enough. But Sting's one of those uh, unicorns in a way. But yeah, an all-around really nice dude. And I, and I think it, it's reflected in in his body of work. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting with his tag team with uh, Ultimate Warrior because if you look at him when he first came, he had the short hair, mm -hmm. right? And it kind of makes sense because for a while he carried along that look that he kind of looked like the ultimate warrior, like same body, same face paint type of type of deal. Yeah, Dude, they like, were huge. Yeah. Yeah. And he looked a lot bigger back then. Like, I, I don't know, maybe he had some performance enhancing drugs at that point. I I'm just speculating, but he was definitely a lot bigger and built. He looked more mm -hmm. muscular, like your prototypical, 80s wrestler you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh but all right so yeah he goes into the he's in um the the uwf right mm -hmm. and and um what are some remarkable moments or matches there that you saw from 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 there yeah so part of the research i did because i couldn't really find anything that I mean, you and I both know how terrible Peacock is at navigation. So this is just another testament to how bad that is. But there wasn't anything on Peacock from UWF that I could find. If other people, anybody listening, watching can can find something, send it to me. I, I want to be able to see it. Good but luck. I, Good I, luck. I did, you can't find yeah. nothing on there. I know, man. It's terrible. But I digress. So 
I found some stuff on YouTube. One match that stood out in particular is the Blade, uh, the Blade Runners versus Ted DiBiase and Steve Williams. I think this is from 1986 or 87, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but people should check it out. It's an interesting look at somebody early on in their career. It's very clear that he's still kind of green. It's it, just the way the styles worked in the match. It's, you know, they, they keep it kind of simple. But, um, you know, obviously he's the, the guy was talented. And you can tell that right off the bat. But, yeah, he was very clearly early on in his career and not as... Uh, not as polished as we see him in the later feuds that that we'll be talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how much more there is to talk about UWF Sting, um, but essentially at that time, this was right when I think WCW, or actually, no, it was um, not WCW. It was uh, Crockett Promotions, right? I think they ended up buying UWF, Mm -hmm. um, kind of like that whole territory piece, which is always an interesting part in in um wrestling history right because it's like you think about it today with all these big mergers with companies and everything and it's right it's very similar but um so crockett promotions buys uwf and he thus starts the the sting era right um and that's i think when we get to see the the surf sting right yeah surfer sting baby look at that yeah look at that he comes in like you can see it's like a very ultimate warrior you know like 80s rocker look you know what i'm trying to say yeah Um, dude he was so that look at that how patriotic is that i'm pretty sure that i watched that the match that he wore that gear from just recently i think that was from great american bash yeah yeah i could i could it's very very cody rhodes-esque too (laughs) in a way yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah, very Cody Rhodes esque. But all right, so let's let's talk about some highlights when he was in um in in WCW. Well, you know, first off, you know, before we get even into the matches, I, I probably should have highlighted this earlier, but a lot of the matches that we're just going to throw out there for you guys to to check out, some of them are gonna be on YouTube, some of them will be on Peacock, and when we talk about his TNA days that will be on the impact plus app so you know your boy mikey cash loves him some impact or now tna since they're going back to that name so Mm -hmm. go back on there check it out it's a great service it's better to navigate than peacock everything is way more organized you'll love it you'll love it if you if you're a little if you're a little uh obsessed with uh order like myself then you'll really enjoy what that app has to offer you um so yeah, just wanted to put that out there. Some of this stuff will be on YouTube and we'll actually have a, a playlist up on our YouTube channel of some of the matches that we found. So go there, check it out, follow that link when we post the episode. So, all right, man, let's get into it. Uh, yep. Yeah, so one match that I didn't get to watch, this is the, the, of course, the first thing I talk about is something I didn't even see, but you, I think you put this on there, a tag team with Dusty Rhodes. Starcade 88 versus the Road Warriors. Did you watch that match? Uh, I did not watch the full match. I kind of like breezed through some of the older stuff, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? Uh, Dusty was, I think he was the booker at that time. Um, and he always, 
always love to book himself in matches and i could see him i, I mean are you shocked like I mean, that's kind of how it worked yeah. i mean if you go back and read the history of wcw it's crazy like the people they had in charge of booking was like him flair and it, it just it was such a weird way to book matches um and it was all so political like i mean it's still political but it was even worse back then um and anyways i digress um <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I thought that was an interesting tag team because, you know, it's wild to think that he was in a tag team with uh, with Dusty Rhodes. And you think of how old Dusty Rhodes is or would have been today. Yeah. And Sting is technically still wrestling. He's in, I mean, he doesn't, he's not full active guy, but he's mm-hmm. he's available to wrestle. I mean, he was jumping on on caskets uh just a couple months ago so um (laughs) it's it's just wild to think about but what a what an interesting tag match right i mean that's when the road warriors were hot like they were a very hot tag team Mm -hmm. and you got dusty Rhodes, the working class guy and you got sting who's kind of you almost feel like at that point like he was in a young hulk hogan stage right like i i always kind of look at those two as the you think of at that point in the early nineties, you think of WWF, you think of Hulk Hogan. Right. And I think when you thought of, thought of WCW, you know, you, you, yeah, you get a little bit of flair, but for, for some reason, Sting was always the, the purest of WCW. He never really went anywhere else. He never moved around like Dusty was in WWF. Then he was in WCW then back to WCW. Like it was, he, Sting was always there, and he was kind of the guy. He had that huge baby face persona, and this was kind of before. This was right at the start of like Surfer sure. Sting, um, and I I believe they did they won they won the tag team titles, didn't they? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Well, we can yeah, we'll 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 fact check that one. But yeah, I, I, I can't I, remember. I, I thought they beat the the Road Warriors. Let's let's put it that way. I mean, it wouldn't possible. shock me if Dusty, if, if Dusty put himself in a yeah. match. Just chance he put himself over too. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure there was a Dusty finish involved with it in some way, shape, or form. Um, I, I really I really think there was. Yeah, it, it's just interesting. I I wonder how. Obviously, Dusty must have seen something in him to want to tag with him and get a little bit of his own rub from that. Because look at, it's 1988. This is two years into Sting's professional career. So he's still pretty green. And yeah. then you got somebody like Dusty who was sort of gearing up towards the end. He's at the twilight of his like real prime years. So it's really interesting that you would have them team up. Obviously, I think Dusty must have seen something in him. And hey, it gets him in a prominent spotlight. We've seen veterans do this before, right? I, I mean... Look at Chris Jericho. It's it's a similar thing. Look what Sting's doing now. So yeah. it, these the, this is a very common part of wrestling. But uh, just interesting that those two tag teamed back in 88. Uh, another match that stood out that I did get to watch was uh, Sting versus Great Muda. And that was really cool. Uh, it was So there's two matches that they had. Uh, one of them was from WCW Power Hour back in 89. That's on YouTube. That's on our list. The yeah. other one is the Great American Bash in 1989. And that one is on Peacock. And that's the one that I watched. And you could tell right off the bat that this crowd loved this young up and cupper. This uh, up and cupper? Man, I'm right way off too. So uh, this blue chipper, that's even easier to say. So <laughs> they really love this uh, <laughs> this young guy. I mean... 
he's got like the blonde hair it's short he's got the sur- he's got that whole surfer vibe to him and the the ladies loved him you could hear how loud those uh those cheers were for him so clearly he was a hit but you could also see how good he was in the ring like right yeah. off the bat i think it was against the great muda he they had like the almost like the war games ring set up or it was like the two rings yep so he go to start the match he just like jumps over both top ropes onto muda it's crazy I'm like, yeah. what? What? So fast forward to 2023, and he's jumping off ladders onto a table. Like some things have yeah. not changed with Sting and and his his desire to take risk and to just start the match off hot. Yeah, you forget how good of a wrestler he was back in the day. Cause like for the past probably decade, he's been a shell of himself, right? Like if you mm. really think about it, I mean, even when he came into WWF or WWE. He was not, he was past his prime. Like he was right. stiff. He, I mean, he's older, right? Mm-hmm. But like I went back and watched a lot of the matches and he was very athletic, very agile. And um, I, I would tell you that the Great Muda match was probably right around the time when he was taking off, right? That was the start mm-hmm. of, of everything. And what's interesting about the Great Muda is he developed a lot of the guys that came along at that time, like the Vaders. And he's a very physical, um, very physical style of wrestling. Right. Mm -hmm. And I I think it was almost like an initiation when you wrestled him. Right. Because you had to, you had to take what he was going to give you. Um, And I think that's why he had so much respect from a lot of the other wrestlers. So for him to kind of start his career against, and it wasn't a start of the career, but for him to really, this be the jumping off enough. point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this be the real jumping off point. Um, I I I I think it's it's very fitting. And I I I know the great Muda was um he was just inducted into the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. but was there there was something with Muda and Sting when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame? I don't know what it was. Was it? I think maybe he wanted Sting to induct him into the Hall of Fame originally, but they he couldn't because he was with AEW at the time. I More think so. Was there was something? Don't quote me on it. There was definitely something about it because he had a lot of respect for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, this is a match that definitely had a a Rhodes finish. That's what it was, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that classic. It's well, like it's a visual win, but he didn't win, and it's just yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's always because again with Dusty being a booker, he doesn't want uh-huh. someone. It's like you want both wrestlers to come out on top at the end, no matter what. Someone's gonna lose, right? You don't want right. them to take that shine away, apparently, and that was kind of the 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 thing with him. And I I could understand that. Great Mood had a lot of respect at that point. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about how that uh, that particular style of finish just did not age well over the years. We'll we'll get God, to that no. particular we'll get to that particular God, match with Sting. But yeah, we're not there just yet. No. Something something I want to talk about uh, just going forward in his career uh is his his intense rivalry. Probably the rivalry that really put him on the map was against Ric Flair. And I mean look at that. Just I think that's from their first uh, encounter over at Clash. So yeah. This this match actually takes place before that match against Great Muda, but I to find it really interesting. It almost seemed like it, at this point in his career, they give him this title match to see if he can hang with somebody like Ric Flair because yeah. that guy was just the standard bearer of the 80s, 70s and 80s. So mm-hmm. I 
I wonder if they wanted him to see, can you hang with somebody like Ric Flair and shine in that spotlight so that we can see what kind of potential there is in you for the future of our business? And he delivered. That Clash of Champions match in 1988, which is available both on YouTube and Peacock, just putting it out there, uh, it's a 45-minute Broadway. And for people who aren't familiar with wrestling terminology, a Broadway means it's a draw. And it was a big test of endurance, of stamina, uh, to hang in there with somebody the caliber of Ric Flair at that time. So anybody that's watching this now, the Ric Flair you're seeing today on TV is not the Ric Flair <laughs> that I'm talking about, okay? Not the guy smoking weed with Mike Tyson on the street. I'm talking about the guy that dominated the pro wrestling scene in the 70s and 80s and into the 90s. But so th this was the prime Ric Flair that we're talking about here. And that match was just solid right there. It was, I think, a real coming out party for Sting to show that, hey, given the chance, I can be a main event player. Yeah. And, and Flair was so instrumental in helping him along in his development as a pro wrestler. And later on, they fight about a year later at Great American Bash. And that's also available on YouTube and Peacock. I'm doing really well with my spots today. So I know we should. I feel like we I'm should be getting saying, sponsorship money from from them. Oh yeah, man. don't hold your breath on Peacock. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but Great American Bash 1990, the pop when that guy finally wins the world title, and this is Sting's first world championship win. Uh, well, I mean, it's fantastic. And let alone, so I had my own personal notes on my phone. So, well, something from Great American Bash 1990 is the cameos in this match. So there's cameos from El Gigante, who was handcuffed to Ole Anderson to prevent any <laughs> any interference. It was it was awesome. I mean, El Gigante was actually pretty. Uh, he was in shape back then. He yeah. was pretty spry, spry young guy. Um, the Steiners were in there. Uh, I, it was it was just like a mishmash. Like it was kind of like a schmaz at the end, but like Sting ended up coming out on top and winning it. So it was like the perfect feel-good mess of an ending. In some ways, though, that kind of, that ending to that match at Great American Bash felt like some of those later matches that you and I probably used to enjoy with like Rock and Stone Cold. Like it felt like Attitude Era, which is like a bunch of shits just happening at yeah. the end, and then like somebody walks away, gets the win, and and everyone just goes nuts anyway. Nobody really cared about all the interference. They were just right. happy to see like their guy win. Yeah, you know, you know what's interesting though about this thing. Um rick flair rivalry it's probably one of the more underrated rivalries mm -hmm. in the sports like you don't talk about it very much you don't think about it but they had this like over the years like probably yeah over three decades um had eh, two to three decades really they they always it, it was a great matchup and one thing i learned and this was later in in his wcw career but um, I found this really interesting for all of the wrestling we talk about and all of our wrestling knowledge. I did not know this, that Sting and Flair had their, were the first match of WCW Nitro ever. And they were also the last match when WWF bought them, which is crazy to me. I, and it's like full circle. It's like such a poetic moment. And I never even knew it, never knew it. And, yeah. and what's crazy is they, they, they mirrored the matches. So if you were to go back and watch the first one and watch the last one, it's it's very very similar. That's amazing. I'm I, now I need to go back and do that. Yeah, I've been doing my Nitro rewatch as it as it turns out. 
So yeah. I, I need to go back and, and just watch both just to see the, the symmetry of it. That's kind of yeah. beautiful in a way. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, really sappy moment here at Strutting from Gorilla, but um, it's true. Shit, it's it's true. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, always put on great matches, great rivalry, very underrated. Um, but as you go through his career in in WCW, another piece that we didn't know about. Well, I didn't. Maybe you did. Um, mm-hmm. But you'd think throughout the years, there's a few matches. You know, you you always, as a fan when WCW is around, you always had these dream matches. You always wanted Goldberg versus Austin or like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it would, it was like a huge thing back in the day. And you, yeah. and, and sometimes we're lucky enough to get these matches. Other times we weren't True. right. And one of the ones you, no one really probably talked about it, but sting versus stone cold. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, so it's not stone cold as we know him today, No, but it it's, it's from, what was this? It's one of the old WCW Saturday night tapings uh, from 94. This one, unfortunately, as usual, is not on Peacock, but <laughs> it is on YouTube. You can find it. Uh, like I said, it's going to be on our, our playlist, so check it out. And it's, you know, it's fine. It, it I don't, I don't want to, like, bash Steve Austin at the time. Like, it's a good match, but yeah. it's clear that he's not the Austin that we all knew. But it's, it's almost... Uh, it's it's kind of similar to what you saw the what we're talking about in some of the earlier matches of Sting, right? It's any wrestler that's kind of earlier on in their career. So yeah. they're still developing and they're working with people better than them. And at that time, Sting was probably one of the best you can get. So it yeah. was he was clearly established. He was already a world champion of multiple times by that point. And it was helpful to to have him in that kind of was it a tv championship tournament i think well that's that's the other thing it was a tournament match right Right. and you think about it like think about king of the ring tournaments right 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 yeah it's it's the same concept and austin at that time he was i think steve williams right and he um he uh he wasn't the guy they were pushing right let's put it that way and it was it was at the time when you know you felt like Nobody knew who he was, and he was pissed off because he thought he was better than everybody else. And probably one of the reasons he left, right? Because there's always that well, well, mid carter. Yeah, well, he was coming right off of that split from his tag team with Pillman. Yeah, over the Hollywood Blonde. The Hollywood Blonde. Yeah, and it was like a fairly successful little tag run, which was good for him. Yeah, but it, you know, he just wasn't there yet. I think. I mean, yeah, he gets he ends up getting fired because he gets like that tricep injury, whatever. We've heard that tale a thousand times, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think this was towards the tail end of yeah. Austin's WCW tenure. I'm pretty so. sure it was. I, it might. It, it was up there with one of his, I think, last matches around that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyways, uh, I, I I like to point that out because yeah. I also did not know he faced him. I listen. Is it is it going to be a match you'd see on WrestleMania? No. <laughs> no, no. But it's always interesting to go back and see these uh, these matches that you, you think. Oh, we never got to see Sting versus Austin, and like, well, you, you kind of did, you know what I yeah. mean? Uh, you kind of did. Um, so, uh, but but yeah. So then, moving on, some some other his big rivalries here in um, in WCW, and and this was kind of before my time of watching WCW, mm-hmm. but his rivalry with Vader, it's got a Vader has to be arguably yeah arguably his his best rivalry 
um i mean and you and you could you could debate this right like you obviously have flair which we talked about he's a a stud flair mm-hmm. but but the matches with vader you don't think about vader and some great matches but if you were to look back at his career i would tell you they'd be with stink honestly i i this is uh a rarity here on this show, but I completely agree with you, Vito. <laughs> wow. I, like looking at that picture, you could just see the power of Vader at that time. And I felt like all the stars aligned for that particular rivalry. It reminds me of, I, I think what a lot of wrestlers and we've seen them. We've talked about the matches of these guys before, but it's almost like every big star kind of needs to go through different rivalries that, that help them attain certain facets of their character. And I think for Sting, he was looking for a guy that was going to help him develop like that kind of mean streak that he can go, that he could have a fight. Because up until that point, all of these matches he was having with folks, I think, was getting him uh, to a point of being a better wrestler. But this was one of those situations where he needed to have that so that he knew how to brawl. And it was just a different facet of of him being even more well-rounded and being able to handle all comers. And he needed somebody like Vader to teach him how to do that. And it was basically trial by fire. I mean, I I had it in my notes on my phone, Vader, brutality at its finest. That's just the the phrase that came to mind because all of those matches, and so the matches I'm talking about, there's three in particular that really stand out and like they're in order. Great American Bash 92, Starcade 92, and Super Brawl 3, which is in February 93. All three of those are on Peacock. I really encourage people to check them out. There's even, I think it's, if it's, I forget whether it's Starcade or whether it's Super Brawl, but they have like a leather strap match that is unbelievable. It's yeah. arguably their best match together. And the the absolute power that Sting displays in this match and it's a credit to, to Vader as well because he doesn't get he's he doesn't get the credit for being sort of like uh, he's got a little bam bam in him with his yeah. agility and and what he can do in the ring for a big guy. Yeah. So it was really cool to watch him with somebody like Sting. Like there's just there's two guys that are just good dance partners, and they were great dance partners. Those matches were absolutely brutal. The violence in those matches might make some people uncomfortable because. Sting knew how to sell too. And you can tell during those matches that the crowd was just egging for like begging for him to try to come back. And he did such a good job of like looking out to the crowd, like he needed help. And he was just, he was just struggling to survive the, the barrage of big van Vader at the time. It, it, it's really unbelievable. Those matches hold up in any era. Yeah. And, and here's the thing about Vader, right? I think, he needed a good dance partner because he was extremely stiff, right? He had that, <laughs> yeah. that he had that great Muda style. Like he was, he came up in new Japan. Like that's where mm-hmm. he started to excel. And sting was, I think one of the guys that could handle the brutality of, of, of him in the ring. And, um, uh, it, it made for great matches and great television. And it was perfect. You had Vader, this nasty heel and, and, and he had, I think at that point he had that crazy mask that he would wear to the ring. And um, Sting, there, there's one match in here, and I don't remember which one it is. You might even be able to tell me. But there was a match where St- where Vader was facing Sting, and um, uh, Sting had a blade in his mm-hmm. 
hand to to like blade himself and it was yeah. ended up getting caught in his uh in his tape and mm-hmm. when he went to hit vader he pounded vader over and over not knowing that yeah. the, the the razor was there and and vader ended up having to go to the hospital afterwards like he was seriously hurt and bloody and um, it was it's uncomfortable to see do you remember which match that is or no? uh, I, I, I I can't remember which one. I it think it might have been Super Brawl. I think it was because I think it was in another country. Mm. Maybe yeah, I, I'm I, not sure. I'm not sure. But either I, way, I, it's it's a brutal match. All, all the matches he had with Vader are particularly brutal. Yeah, but he needed that. And this kind of reminds me of like we we don't necessarily have it on here, but an honorable mention along those lines is some of the matches he had with Cactus Jack. Oh yeah. So in the early '90s, so. He went through quite a gauntlet of two guys that know how to brawl and know how to hit hard and will challenge you physically. And it was it, it's it it was great for Sting's development as a main event guy. 100%. All right. So we've spent some time on the older Sting again. I know. Not my forte, not your forte. We had to do no, it. No, but, but- so okay, so we're talking everything up until what ninety-four. We mentioned the Steve Austin match, it's ninety-four. So ninety-five, Nitro starts. He has his first the, the first match of Nitro is him and Flair. Sting is sort of there during the Nitro run from ninety-five through ninety-six. And anybody who's a pro wrestling aficionado, nineteen ninety-six, July in particular, Bash at the Beach. It's a turning point for pro wrestling. It's one of the the bigger factions we've seen since the four horsemen it's the nwo and what as soon as that happens uh like shortly afterwards sting is gone right he gets he gets written off i don't know if he was injured i I forget exactly what but then he in well think about it mikey you get you get hulk hogan in here and all of a sudden you know your sting was one of the big baby faces in wcw and then you got the biggest baby face of all time brother right (laughs) what are you gonna do you can't you can't you can't yeah what you gonna do right what you gonna do take some time off is what's gonna happen what you're gonna do and hogan can't share the spotlight so what does sting do at this point well he has to reinvent and if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it Scott Hall that helped with the development of that? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. So I mean, I it, the way that it the way that it worked, right, is um, Hogan needed an admirable foe, right? Think mm-hmm. about it. You're in NWO and you're destroying everybody, and you're a heel, but everybody loves you. It was a weird combination, and and they needed a someone who could be an admirable foe to him. And so as he reinvented himself, I think you're right. It was Scott Hall who said, Hey, you know, you should, it it was almost like a, a, the movie, the crow, right? Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. he came, he came out and said, Hey, look at that. This is what we need. And, and at that time in, in wrestling, it was all about anti-heroes, right? Guys that were bad, that were really good. Like you think about the Austins and, and even the NWO. And so they, they needed an admirable foe for the NWO and Hogan. And this gimmick started to really take off. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I have the date up here, January 20th, 1997. That is the debut of Crow Sting. And who does he actually confront of all people? Macho man. 
It's really yeah. interesting. Comes down from the rafters. It's one of the coolest shots I've ever seen. People can find that on YouTube. It's it's up there. It and it's also on on our list. But it, it's a real turning point in his career, and it's one that he continues to sort of. I think he evolves even that character as time goes on. It never goes back to surface thing. Once that line is crossed, he never really goes back to that. So it's really interesting to see how this like it's almost like two careers. And as soon as he starts as the Crows thing, he's completely different. He's not cutting the same promos. He's actually quite reserved. He's quite quiet. And I think that adds to that aura, that mystique about him. There's elements of his character when he first debuts this, this Crow version of himself that do remind me a little bit of Undertaker and only in the sense that he didn't really talk. And Undertaker for a long time wasn't very, wasn't known for promos at the time. Right. I mean, it wasn't until the late 90s where Undertaker was really starting to cut that kind of stuff. Paul Bearer was his mouthpiece. So I think in in a similar way, there was a mystique of this guy's just not talking. So where's his head at? What is what is he up to? Where do his allegiances lie? And during that time in WCW, when the NWO was just running wild, it was it was an interesting element to add into that. Where does his uh, where did his allegiance lie to WCW to NWO? Obviously, those questions were answered because it turns out he was still pro WCW, uh, which to to the to the delight of all of the fans, you needed somebody fighting for for the the good boys. Oh yeah, and and he was the at at that point he was the WCW standout, right? And he was yep. always overmatched, but he'd mm-hmm. come out with the bat, and he didn't wrestle for like a year. No, no. From that that match with in Starcade that he has with with um, Hogan, with Hogan Starcade is in I think November December. So he goes all year just showing up, whacking people with bats, flying back up, just all yeah. all year. That's that's the majority of Sting's appearances. But it was so unpredictable. That's mm-hmm. when WCW started to beat WWE or WWF in the ratings. Right at that point, that whole year was the the turning point and they were did a great job building up the match it was a great segment and i think they had like a fake sting for a while and i remember that yeah and he got pissed and it was like this it was this whole thing but like you get that lead up you have this great rivalry built up and in fantastic wcw fashion they blundered the hell out of it at starcade so the guy doesn't wrestle for a year they have this big buildup and again politics in the backstage right like for uh so sting ended up winning but not really winning and it was a crazy blunder and what happened in the lead up is hogan basically agreed to let sting win and then he thought about it and said well where is my character going to go from here and there was no answer so they ended up doing this really botched finish mostly by the referee where yeah hogan ended up winning and i can't remember exactly what happened there i just watched it yesterday so because i i feel like this particular match needed to be fresh in my head so uh one bret hart is involved in this match that's what it is they tried to 97 it's a month after the, the montreal screw job so they tried to do their own version where the apparently Nick Patrick, the referee, counts quickly when Hogan pins Sting, but it wasn't a quick 
pin. It was like he count like if you go back and watch it, he counted like a regular referee. There was no, but for oh look at that, uh, such great promise at the beginning of that match. So later after the the bell rings, Brett stops the guy from announcing that there's a winner. He punches the referee, says that the count was too quick, you know. And then I guess like the the match essentially restarts with Bret Hart as the referee. That's and, what it was. And then he puts Hogan, Sting puts Hogan in in the Scorpion Deathlock. He points at him because he's like, I got the sharpshooter in for you, dude. The screw job, all that, brother. And then he rings the bell and and like the everybody from WCW storms the ring to like lift him up on their shoulders and and celebrate the new champion. But it's yeah. just so shittily done <laughs> there's yeah, no other but... way to like what like all of that build up and you had like a schmaz at the end it just was awful man it was just well, it just takes the wind out of the sail of a of something that should have meant so much more to a agreed guy like it was such a great build up they had all their eyeballs on there and they they fumbled it but the crazier part was they did a rematch of this the on the I think it was maybe the initial episode of, of Thunder. And it, the, the match went long. No, no, no. I'm sorry. They did a rematch of it the next night on Nitro. And the match went long. And they had to cut it. So they never showed the ending. So <laughs> people who turned into to WCW were pissed. So they actually, had to re- they actually had to replay it on Thunder. And it was like the beginning of the whole end of WCW. Mm. Like there's a lot of points you can point to as the beginning of the end, but like, this is when they were on top of the world and the politics got to them and they let the uh, Mm -hmm. asylums run the, the, the show and it was no good. And poor sting. Like you'd think something like that could possibly ruin somebody's career, but unfortunately it did like, fortunately, fortunately it didn't. (laughs) Yeah. But the, the man was immune to it. It never came of anything, and mm. after that, WCW went down the, the shitter, and there were points where he joined, he ended up he turning and joined. Yeah, he jo- joined the Wolf Pack, and that was a disaster, and then he had a couple other championship runs, I think, after in WCW, but it it never amounted to, to anything um, really well, big. It was, just, it, it was pretty crowded up at the top by that point, so I, th- yeah. I think there wasn't there wasn't a lot of room for him to really shine the way we had seen him shine up until this point. So, yeah, you know, for, for folks who want to watch it, check out Starcade 97. It's on Peacock. They also have a rematch on pay-per-view super brawl eight is also on Peacock. And that's actually a better match. So I, I, I think I'd like that match more. So yeah. check that one out. If you really want to kind of see sting and Hogan go at it. Cause you know, for, as much as Hogan's politics, like at that time, he worked really well as a heel. He was oh, good. He, did. he was he good. Did. And he was he worked it well. He was in shape. He was like he he had sort of figured it out. And it, it was it was cool to see. But yeah, the, the politics really just shadow a lot for Hogan when it comes to yeah, his, like his like wrestling. like any Hogan controversy during this day, like if he, he when you when Hogan talks about it, he yeah. he takes a little bit of accountability, but also like doesn't give you the full story right so it's hard to understand clearly it was he didn't want to put the shine Mm -hmm. on 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 sting at that moment because he was at the top of the world he didn't know where to go from there so anyway so you know sting goes on does his thing in wcw wcw goes down the goes down the the toilet and 
So <clears throat> an interesting thing. An interesting thing happens. Um, Sting is one of the wrestlers that signed with Turner Broadcast Television, so he can sit out and 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 not have to sign with anybody. He's collecting money from home, kind of like Goldberg and and Hogan yeah, NWO and, too. and NWO. Um, and at this point, you know, you're starting to see Hogan come over to WWE. You're you're seeing. Um, you know, Goldberg come over and everyone is wondering when we're going to see Sting, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone is wondering we're going to see Sting. And, and WWE, you know, started burying some of the wrestlers that come over like Booker T and, and DDP and Sting sees what happens to their characters. And he's like, Hey, I think at that point he was in a negotiation with WWE to come over. He was. And, he said, no, I'm not doing it. You buried the characters. And so he makes an appearance um, at that time on TNA. And TNA was newer. They had a lot of pay-per-views. They weren't well known. Um, he makes an appearance against Jeff Jarrett. And thus starts his TNA run. Yeah. And he becomes to TNA pretty much what he was to WCW, right? That focal point. Um, and we never get to see him in WWE in his prime at that point. Right. And he's there from 2003 to 2014. And I, I've said this for a while and I'll say it again. I arguably think his best work was in, was in TNA. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that WCW was just as for as much as he shined there, it was just, it was, there was no direction like, and, and TNA, at least we got some good matches. We got the politics somewhat taken out of it. And, and, you know, what, what are your thoughts? And we can go through some of those. I know we're, we're running a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that where he, where Sting was in his career at that time is kind of a sweet spot for a wrestler. I, I've I've heard Austin talk about this on his podcast when he was talking to he had an interview with Cena and he said you know that you know when you're right around 40 is sort of like a sweet spot for you because you know exactly who you are mm-hmm. you're comfortable with what you're doing you have a good style and I think that was all of those elements for Sting at that time because at that point they were looking at 20 years right 20 years so he's right around that 40 mark he's a, he's sort of a, a veteran he knows what he's doing he can lead other guys and he can be relied upon. And at that point in TNA, they needed somebody that they could rely upon, somebody that had name value. People were going to pay to watch him wrestle still. And at that point, Sting was still hot. People were going to watch him wrestle no matter who it was. So, yeah, it starts with Jarrett. And listen, I'm not a huge Jarrett guy, so I could kind of care less about that. I watched it. It's fine. But really, some of these other matches uh, in his TNA tenure, and and I want you to jump in on this too, because I know you you watched a lot more of his TNA stuff than I did at the time. But his matches with Abyss, uh, Genesis 2006, it's on Impact Impact Plus. All these TNA matches are uh, really great match. There's a thumbtack spot that that Sting takes. I mean, I have to say, watching those matches, especially like 2006 to like 2009, that dude was motivated. And maybe it was coming off of the WCW thing, and he just didn't want to see the same thing happen as something like TNA. But he was—he seemed like reinvigorated. You could just see it. He lost weight. He was in better shape. Like the guy was really putting the effort in. He wanted to still be relied upon. And yeah. and I know I keep saying that, but 
I, I think reliability is one of the, the, the strong suits of Sting as a wrestler. Yeah. And that's why they kept going back to him. And he was a multi-time TNA champion. Uh, so like I said, that, that match with Abyss, badass. Now, for me, my favorite match with him is him is uh, it's a match of the year candidate. Uh, I actually think it won it. It was uh, 2007 Bound for Glory. It's him versus Kurt Angle. And that is just a, like a pinnacle of wrestling for TNA at the time. It, it's from bell to bell. I never I heard people talk about this match in such high regard, and I never fully understood it until I watched it. So uh, words can't properly express just how great this match is. I mean, yeah, Angle might be what they used to call quote unquote perk angle at the time. I know he was really <laughs> struggling. I, I know people say this. It's terrible. It's terrible. And I know he had a really bad drug problem at the time, but this this match in particular is unbelievable. Bell to bell, those guys absolutely bring it. The chemistry they have in the ring is is really unmatched. It, it, I think Kurt Angle's arguably his best rivalry in TNA. Yeah. The guy just brought out the best in him. And for yeah. a guy at Sting's age, at his stage in his career, he needed that. Yeah, no, I I I would agree. Um, he also had some a great match with with AJ Styles, which you know people don't think about because AJ Styles was was pretty big yeah, there. Um, Young and, Styles too. Yeah, yeah. So he he had some great moments in in there, and again, he put I like he was a ratings getter like at that point, and TNA needed it. They were they were never going to seriously compete with WWE, but they gave us a second option mm -hmm. to some degree and it was a lesser second right. option, but they had, honestly, I think some of the stuff they were putting out at that time was better than what AEW was putting out. I, I really do. And they had the main event mafia, which was Steiner, oh, yeah. Steiner, Sting, um, uh, who else? Uh, Booker T Nash. Yeah. yeah. It was a great faction and they mm -hmm. would go up against, um, you know, like a rookie class of AJ Styles, and I, I forget what they called him. It wasn't the New Blood, that, or maybe it was because New Blood was in WCW, but it was it was something it's, along those. It lines. sounds like they did something familiar. With, it was like, very something, similar, to something similar yeah. to that. In, yeah, in TNA. But the he he teased a lot of times retiring in in um, TNA, and it it never ended up happening. But the thing I will will tell you is uh, as. I'm not going to say he got stagnant there, but he reinvented yeah. himself again. And um, actually, before he reinvented himself, the one match we didn't put on here that I do want to talk about just real quick, it wasn't a good match, but it's an infamous match. Him against Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, uh, when he had substance yeah. abuse problems, thing came out. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure you would have been able to get away with what happened if Sting wasn't the, the opponent. Veteran mm -hmm. guy. Um, and if you watch that, it's, it's not a great moment it's, in wrestling history, but it is, but it, that, that did happen. It was against sting. Um, and, but the crazy part is after the main event mafia, I believe it was after the main event mafia, he came and reinvented himself. Uh, and as, um, that, that's when the, the dark Knight was big and he came out as what I call joker sting joker sting right oh, and it man. was actually they leaned in man he leaned in 
Yeah, but the thing about it is it was so interesting because he was this quiet, like cerebral guy. And all of a sudden yeah. he had this crazy personality. And it was very, very interesting. And um, I think around the time of 2000, and there's more to the TNA side. I highly recommend you go back and watch it. I do think it was some of his best work. Mm -hmm. But I think it was, what, 2014, 2015? um when he came over to w or wwf yeah so, the, so sorry good we don't i was just gonna say you know there were times throughout his tna career where everyone started talking about undertaker versus thing and how it never happened and they wanted it to and there was a real chance there was a window and it was later in his career um but nothing ever came to fruition on it and right around 2014 2015 he had retired from TNA, I forget mm -hmm. his last match, but when, when he retired, all of a sudden we saw a WWE 2K game with Sting in it, right? Yeah. And people started talking. Look at that. People started talking. That, and that commercial was so good. It was. It was. And it's similar to like the Goldberg situation. And so we get a we get him to come back. He goes to W uh WF. For the first time ever and um he had his spot at wrestlemania which was a pretty cool match i think a lot of people hated the ending when he faced triple h um mm -hmm. and he ended up losing uh but that was when nwo came out and dx came out and i thought it was a cool moment yeah. like i thought that was really cool and i think everybody did but i think you know it, as wwe does they they bury people. I'm not gonna say they buried him, but I don't think they buried him. I don't think they buried him, but he shouldn't have lost. Like well, he, he didn't, he didn't, he I, shouldn't have lost. Okay, I agree with you on that point. My my disagreement is that it was it was shitty because of the ending. We were just talking about all the craziness that was happening in his match with Ric Flair when he won the title and all that. Yeah. They, you and we said, well, why do I? Why did I like it? Oh, because it reminded me of the Attitude Era, where there were things like craziness would happen, and then there there would be a finish, right? So, it, unlike that Starcade match, this was like a bunch of schmas, but then there was a finish. Like it was, yeah. it no, was I a agree. Great finish. It was just craziness. It was yeah. Attitude Era nostalgia at the best that they could provide at that time. It was yeah. DX and the NWO. It was the only time we ever got to see something like that. So and I think we went, they went for it. They just like, we're like, we're, this is just going to be an absolute car wreck and you're going to enjoy it. And everybody did. The crowd was crazy for that. Yeah. Match. I enjoyed it. I remember when it happened. Cause I'm pretty in tune with like the wrestling rumors and there was no rumor about this and it no. just happened Yeah, and it was awesome to see. I was so shocked. It was great. It, it was, was cool. It was yeah. just cool because of what sting represented. Yeah. Agreed. And I think that was, and yeah, people complain, Oh, this was, you know, one last time they get to put the nail in the coffin of WCW. Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, you know, it was a really fun match. You know, we could always argue about who should have won this, who should have won that. But that that was a, a moment. And I think in WWE, we know what they do. This is what they want. Yeah, It's yep. not necessarily in their eyes about who wins, but what do you remember? And yep. everybody will talk about they remember DX and the NWO. Yep. And I think... Uh, you know, unfortunately, his WWF or WWE career did not last super long. I, I don't, he only had one other match, right? It was against Seth, Seth Rollins. He had a tag match with Cena. 
It was on okay. Raw. Yeah. And I forget. I don't even remember who the opponents were. It it might have been Seth and Kane, corporate Kane yeah. at the time. Yeah. But it was uh that match it was Knight of Champions, him versus Seth Rollins, and he took that that buckle bomb into the corner and it just like that one, that's another one of those. It's hard to watch because you see yeah. him like clearly hurt and he's like trying to have the match and they ended up having to to sort of go home early on it. And that was really it. You didn't really see anything from him. Nope. In WWE. And we, he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, I think the following year. But yep, he did and 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 he retired and um we never got the Undertaker match that everyone oh, wanted. I know. And I think I I I think so his contract came up in like 2019 because he was on a legends deal and you'd see him here and there on yep. like all the wwe programming but he never got any respect the respect he really deserved in in wwe and there was a point i think right around that time where he had saw the undertaker's match and it was a cinematic mm-hmm. and he really wanted to have that one match with the undertaker and vince said that it, they're just both too old. They, 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 he didn't think it would be a quality match. And so he pushed to have a cinematic match against The Undertaker where they could actually have it. People would feel happy about it. And and Vince shot it down. And when that happened, um, he showed up during COVID 2020 at AEW. Yeah. Yeah. Shows up. I mean, this this shot is awesome here with him and, and Darby. Like, look at that. That's just Sting going back to his roots, hanging out in the rafters, taking on a young a young buck like Darby Allen. It's they couldn't be a more perfect pair in my opinion. I just I nope. love those two together. What yeah, what, what have you what have you thought of his his run so far in AEW because he's had a lot of uh he hasn't had any singles matches that I can remember, but he's had a ton of tag matches. I think he was in a stadium stampede match at one point. I mean, He's he he's given himself a little bit of resurgence, and you know that that it's funny. Whenever Sting goes to a new place, there's like this little revitalization that occurs for him. Except WWE, yeah. <laughs> but you know that notwithstanding, it, what have you thought so far? I mean, listen, I think it's perfect. I'm I'm glad he's getting another chance at his end run here because I don't think WWE was the way you'd want his career to end. And I think it's just another opportunity for him to finish up his career. And I think the way they've done it has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. He comes on TV. He's not overexposed. They're not leaning nope. on him. He's helping build a younger guy. He'll have some spots here and there. I mean, he's jumping on tables off top ropes, which is kind of crazy. But at the end of the day, it's it's Sting. It's a life of a wrestler. It's what yeah. he does. It's what he wants to do. I, I think it's been a perfect ending. And, uh, you know, I find it very interesting. He, you know, he comes in and announces he's going to retire, which is great. And you have Ric Flair come back, which <laughs> I actually didn't see that one coming. I, yeah, but I, I was actually surprised by that. Here's the deal. I, I also was, but here's the deal. I think it's very, again, very poetic, right? If you can have Ric Flair be involved in his retirement, I'm not saying he should be involved in the match outside of managing, uh, mm-hmm. managing sting or whatever he's going to do. But like, I think it's great as a full circle piece because it was such a significant piece of his career that he's able to do that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think he definitely is uh, an icon and I, I love the fact that he gets to be back on TNT. That was his home. And he's got Tony Schiavone who clearly has a hard on for sting, which is great. I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, he's always had it. He's always yeah. had it. I, I feel like he's contractually obligated to yell out, it's Sting, whenever he comes out. It's got to be in the contract. TK put that in. Oh, 100%. 100%. So, um... I, so I guess the question is, all right, well, let's end with this question. Who do you yep. think his final match is going to be against? I don't know. And I don't know that it can be a singles match. I don't know that he can. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I just don't think it's. he's too stiff. It, it, like, he's great for spots here and there. I, I don't know. Edge, maybe. Hmm. Edge. I think, I think Darby. I think it is a singles match. And I think it's going to be against Darby. That would be cool. Because if he's be going to go against anybody, he needs somebody that can bounce around for him and not yeah. do too much. And Darby's I, light. He can he can even give him a press, I bet, if he really uh, wanted to, because Darby's super that's a good call. super like lightweight and is gonna bounce around for him and he's gonna make him look great. I would I would think that would be great, actually. And what I about a, it's a great final rub for Darby? Yeah, agreed. I don't know. Just just throwing it out there. No, agreed. But, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So listen, I mean, I feel like what more can we say about Sting except the the man is he is the icon it really is the icon the man has had longevity he's wrestled in five decades what's more to say check out his stuff if you haven't if you haven't checked out anything besides his aew stuff go back go on peacock check out our youtube playlist go get the impact plus app watch all of this stuff from his career it's a wonderful career and and you won't regret checking it out agreed yeah so listen, make sure you check out our website. Uh, we got some, we got our, our feed up there. We have articles that we've written up there. Find us on the on Facebook, X, TikTok, Instagram. You know it. You know where to find us. We'll be there. Uh, we got a lot more stuff coming your way. Like I said, we're working on guests and we're in the process of getting that all squared away. But you know how the holiday season goes. So it's quite a gauntlet. So uh, just doing some scheduling there. But Keep an eye out on those podcast feeds. Keep an eye out on the YouTube feed for the folks that are joining us on video. Uh, we're really glad that you guys joined us today. And uh, until next time, keep on strutting, jabronis. Woo!